Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in downtown Phoenix. Suns a winner, 115-113. They didn't have the lead for the first time until late in the fourth quarter. They now have a six-game winning streak after coming back from a 19-point deficit at one point in the second half to beat Izzy Chicago Bulls. <laughs> it was KD who had 40 on back-to-back night, scoring 43 points, six rebounds, eight assists. And, of course, his head coach just said, wow. Western Conference Player of the Week. Oh, that a hell of a performance. That's one of the best performances I've been a part of from Kevin Durant did tonight. That was special, including the uh, the game winner. The double clutch 17-footer. I haven't seen a shot like that. Pretty awesome. Exactly what it was. 43 points, six rebounds, eight assists. He got the ball on a backdoor pass from Nurkic, and then with an almost block attempt from Caruso coming from behind, he was able to double clutch. Caruso sailed past him. He nails the 18-footer, and then the Suns pick up the victory. Beal at 18, Book had 16. Drew Eubanks had his best game as a Sun. 10 points, eight boards, four assists. Now we start a seven-game road trip. Suns don't return home until February 6th. They're in Dallas tomorrow night. Looked really good against the Penguins. Coyotes win 5-2. Zucker had a goal and an assist. 11 players total had at least one point. A complete victory. Andre Turini. Yeah, we played well. It's always the same for me. It's the way we play. I think we... uh, Good team on the other side. They're tough to play against. They, they, they work hard in the defensive zone and they have a really good stick. They create turnover. It's tough to defend against that team. So Nashville lost to Florida. So the Coyotes are still only two points back of the final spot in the playoff. Nashville is at Minnesota tomorrow night while the Coyotes start their own three-game road trip throughout southeastern United States to end the first half of the season. It starts tomorrow in Miami. Dave Hickey out as the athletic director of the University of Arizona. School released a statement saying he's being transitioned out of athletics. National championship softball and former softball coach at U of A, Mike Candrea, he's going to take over on an interim basis as the search begins immediately for a new AD. Two NBA games that you need to know about. Sixers beat the Spurs. Embiid had 70, and Carl Anthony Towns had 62 in a loss in which Charlotte won the fourth quarter 36-18 and beat the Wolves. Kyler Murray's quarterback coach, Israel Wolfork, named the quarterback coach for the American squad at the Senior Bowl, meaning the Cardinals will get inside information on both Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix. Panthers have named a new GM, and it's their former linebacker, Dan Morgan, and former Eagles and Cardinals tight end, Zach Ertz, has a job. He got picked up by the Lions because the Lions lost Brock Wright as their starting tight end to a forearm injury, meaning Zach Ertz could actually get a Super Bowl ring. And finally, huge news. 
jobs have been stolen. What are we going to do? Well, notice I said plural. Stanley comes. A 23-year-old woman in Sacramento walked into a store, grabbed a shopping cart, and loaded up the cart with $2,500 worth of the raving stainless steel containers just because they, she knows how much they're worth. And then she walked right out of the store with them. The police were called. She loaded up everything into her car and drove off. She didn't even make it to the highway in Sacramento before police pulled her over on the ramp and then decided to display all of her Stanley Cups as if it's a trophy case. If you ever wanted, what, $2,500 worth of drinking tumblers looks like on a police car, now you know. Oh, by the way, yes, she was arrested. Jackpot Unplugged Army, I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, general manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. the Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. Okay, don't be alarmed. But with the important appointment today, there's no hat on. And when there's no hat on, well, just face facts. Sometimes you have to accept it in life. I'm an ugly dude. <laughs> That's all there is to it. But I'm not ready to shave the whole thing. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever it is that you decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world. Totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city. The drops on your phone and your TV every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merc. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Hopefully your, uh, your Monday went well. Today's going to be a very, very difficult show. And... The reason why I say this is going to be a difficult show is because there's a big television monitor right next to the camera. 
And it's very hard for me. Like, if you're watching right now on WTSMTV.com, look at me now. See that? Now, to you, it's got to look very strange. Where, where are you looking? I'm actually looking right at me right now. And it just, I don't, I don't like the view. That's all, that I, that's all I can say. I don't like the view. I, I think it's okay to be ugly or be good looking. But for me to have started off as good looking and now being ugly, it's difficult. It's difficult because then I look and I say, what happened? But if I got a hat on, I don't see, like, I don't see the carnage that's up here if I have a hat on. And then it doesn't bother me. So that's, uh, that's my thinking. Jeff Weir Production, when did you start shaving your head? I started shaving my head very early on, probably when I entered college. Wow, wow, okay. Yeah, after high school is when it started getting bad for me. Yeah, and you knew it was coming, so just, d- just don't fight it. Absolutely. It was thinning out really bad on top as I uh, graduated high school and I moved off to Tulsa, Oklahoma and just started buzzing it. Okay, okay, okay. And then I started actually shaving it with shaving cream and a razor. Wow, did you do that now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Every, every two or three days. Wow, wow, wow. How long does that process take? Everybody makes fun of me because I'm in the shower for about an hour because I shave my head in front of the sink. I shave the sides and above my ears in the sink, and then I get in the shower and shave the rest of my head because I don't want to be you know, trimming around my ears without being able to see because I do the rest of it blind. I am... I am not shocked by that story <laughs> at all. The idea of you needing an hour shower seems to be that that's you. That's you. <laughs> that is that. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I, uh, I don't know if I'll ever actually get there because the sides, it's like I don't have any problems whatsoever with hair. But the top is just dumb. I just have like spots that grow. But anyway, today is the uh, big appointment today. Let's go. Um. The appointment's, however, at 10.15, so I ask everybody, please stay out of the left lane because that's, that's going to be tight. Get the podcast edited. Get it up. For those of you that don't know, I do a TV show from 6 to 8 on WTSMTV.com. I'd love for you to take part and watch it. And then when the show's over at 8 o'clock, Jeff Weir Production is nice enough to have the whole thing recorded, and then I take the audio and I take it down, and then I edit it up. And I don't mean like I edit out big portions or anything like that. Sometimes I might, yeah, like if Jeff and I do something dumb, I might go, okay, there's no reason to leave that in, just to clean stuff up. But for the most part, you get the TV show in audio form, and I give that to you uh, for free on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or uh, tune in wherever it is that you want to find your podcast. So then I put that up. And that process takes about an hour. But sometimes I screw around or something, I do something wrong and it takes longer for me to put it up. Well, I got to get over to the deep east side by, uh, by 10.15. So I got to move. So please stay out of the left lane today. A lot of people in the left lane this morning. I, I don't know why we're not getting the message. If you're not actively passing someone, you're not it's supposed to be in the left lane. Don't say that you're driving the speed limit. Don't say that you're driving faster than other people. It doesn't matter. All that matters is, are you actively passing someone? If you're not actively passing someone, you should not be in the left lane. And, and, and before you go, well, it's at you. Whatever reason you have, you're violating the law. Just so you know, it is a state law. And in 37 states in the United States of America, it is a state law. And in 26 states, it's actually a rotating question on your driver's exam. It's the law. 
Thank you. Thank you. I, just, I will get that message out. Again, vote for me. I'll give you three. If I, if I am governor or if I'm a state senator, then it'll be my little area, whatever you voted me for. It will be, there will be three lanes on an interstate through my area, and you will get pulled over in my area if you drive in the left lane and you're not actively passing someone while you're, while you're driving in the left lane. I'm glad I'm here to, uh, to take care of you and, uh, and do that. Nothing thrilling for, uh, for me yesterday. Heavy, heavy nap day and heavy work day. Really didn't get a lot of sleep Sunday night. So I took a big nap and then uh, was able to watch a whole bunch of different college stuff. I am concerned about one thing. We talk about versus Vegas at the end of the show. Mikey at Bell's Nashville Kitchen has been absolutely blown away by my success so far in the month of January. They call it units, and I'm up about 14, 15 units. So, therefore, if you would have bet $100 on every pick I've given you this month, you're, you're, you've turned that money into almost $2,000. We're at about sixteen fifty, something like that. So, therefore, that's really, really good. <clears throat> In the last three days... I am now three for three and nine. (laughs) Right when Mikey says, you know what? I'm going to start playing all your picks. (laughs) There's nothing written in the contract between Bell's Nashville Kitchen and Doug Franz Unplugged that there's any gambling discounts for bad picks by the host. Thankfully, (laughs) but I still I still feel terrible. Uh, anything thrilling in your life, Jeff Weir Production? Actually, I had a nice sports learning moment with my daughter yesterday. Oh my gosh, okay. She wanted to go to the store to get some new shoes, which, you know, we had been planning this for a week or so, because uh, she needs some new shoes. Yeah. Um, so she, sa- she says to me, she wants some Jordans. I was like, do you, do you know who, who those shoes are named after? Uh, yeah, Jordan. I was like, yeah, but do you know who that is? I said, that's the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. He's like, oh, okay. All right, well, I just want these uh, pink Jordans. I'm like, okay. So I don't know if she actually learned anything or not, but she actually learned who Michael Jordan was yesterday. So I am amazed. Now, you, I got to tell you, I'm a little shocked because if my kid at that same age would have said that, <laughs> I would have said, so basically somebody at school has Jordans. That is exactly right. So now you want Jordans. Okay. So here's what daddy will spend on your shoes. And here's (laughs) the gap between these shoes and the Jordans. So who's filling in this gap? It's either you or you're going to talk to a family member and mooch. (laughs) Which one is it? Well, I don't. Well, then we're getting these. And then next time we come back, you can buy your Jordans. Well, the funny thing is, they're not actually Jordans. She thinks they're Jordans. Oh, really? For some reason. I don't know why she thinks they're Jordans, but how are you going to argue with a seven-year-old? Yeah, yeah. She thinks they're Jordans, but they're actually little pink Air Force Ones. So wow. they weren't as expensive as Okay, you know, well, Jordans. then never mind. But she thinks they're Jordans, so, you know, to each his own. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay. I'll play your little game. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right, then. I don't know how. I mean, it's kind of weird. You, you knew you were fooling your daughter, but hey, you know, hey, she should let the buyer beware. She's yeah. she is the buyer, and she messed up. So ha. <laughs> <laughs>
take a picture of it now and rub it into her later, which she understands what just happened. Well, I actually showed her a pair of Jordans. I said, these, oh, yeah. are, these are actually Jordans, Carly. What you, what you want are Air Force Ones. She wasn't having it. Oh. She just knew that the ones that she wanted were Jordans. Okay. So she has a pair of Jordans now that are actually Air Force Ones. I see. I would write the word Jordan on the bottom of the shoe for her. <laughs> so now she knows forever. Uh, we have uh, sound credits today. We st- I don't know who recorded it originally, but we stole some Minnesota Timberwolves through ESPN.com that you've got to hear later today. And then the Coyotes PR department helped us out with the big win last night over Pittsburgh. And the Suns PR department sent us a bunch of sound from um, uh, I, I know I didn't I didn't get any I think it was Booker Vogel was it was it just KD and Vogel KD and Vogel yeah yeah I, I, I can't remember they usually have somebody else, another player come up they had Drew Eubanks but you didn't seem to want anything oh yeah I forgot Eubanks. to listen to Drew sorry Drew because that was by far your best game as a son you were fantastic and then I haven't told you about this Jeff but did Izzy do one of his son's packages um, I don't know I'll ask okay if he did, I certainly want to play that today, too. Okay. And um, we also got the uh, Stanley Cups from NBC News. Oh, good job. Good job. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> Supposedly, the woman just loaded up the cart and just walked right out. And they, like, followed her out the door. And she just argued that these are mine. That's all she said. These are mine. I didn't realize that those things were actually worth money. Until is, last week, Steve had mentioned something about it on his show. It's, it's become a rage, in, and seriously, in like a month. Uh, to my knowledge, that you that you can't just have a regular drinking container. Your kid will suffer if they don't have a the Stanley Cups, and that's why it's hilarious that it's called Stanley Cups because the NHL can't do anything about it because <laughs> it's really because the company calls it like a Stanley Tumbler or a Stanley something like they have different models, so it's Stanley whatever for each level of of juice cup that you've got and now and now but people just call it the Stanley and that's kind of funny it's just brilliant marketing in my in in my head but man how we even have a status symbol for what holds your drink I mean that's we've got issues right now we've got some major first world problems uh going on all right let's roll Doug's big one Doug's big one today I gotta tell you U of A, you are the most up and down college I've ever seen in my life. Just to- as soon as things go bad, don't worry, things will go okay. And as soon as things start moving in a great direction, oh, the crash is coming. The crash is coming hard and fast. And it's such a strange situation right now with U of A. Number one, if you haven't been following what's been going on, So you have, according to the Jed Fish side of things, Jed Fish in constant negotiations for a new contract. Dave Hickey works on that new contract. Supposedly it's going okay, but he can't, he doesn't want it signed because he doesn't know whether the president and the uh, board of regents are going to accept it because of just how backwards right now the university is and how deeply in the hole it is. So because of that, they didn't get him to sign it. Well, then that's exactly at the moment where UW is calling. So you can, even if, if you're a non-biased person, no matter how you feel about Jed Fish leaving, if you're at a job and you think your company might go bankrupt 
or isn't going to be able to afford the support system that you think is necessary to compete at the job and a better company comes along with more money, are you going to say, no, I told everybody to stay the course where I'm at, even though the people above me aren't staying the course. So so he leaves. Well, then everybody's supposed to leave with him. You talk about incredible news. A major booster at U of A feels like he was lied to by Jed Fish. So he spent a ton of money to keep the quarterback and the receiver. So now you've got Noah Fafita and you've got T-Mac staying on huge NIL deals. That's incredible. So this is like it was supposed to be a great couple days for U of A. And then they had a great hype video at the game. So Fafita says, we're staying. Here we go. Bear down. And then the football team comes on the field. Crowd goes crazy at the basketball game. I said football team comes on the field. Football team comes on the court. Crowd goes crazy. Here we go. Here we go. The new football coach talks to the uh, fans. Yeah. Next day, the athletic director has been transitioned to a new position out of athletics. <laughs> now, is he going to be an economics professor? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a sneaking suspicion, though. I do. I, I do. I have a different suspicion here. You know the old phrase of a mutual parting. I kind of believe, even though "quote unquote," I bet he was fired. I bet it's like 51-49 firing and actually somewhat mutual. Let me give you a theory on what's going on at U of A, okay? Blatant speculation on my part. This is you and I sitting at a bar, having a beer, talking wildcat sports, all right? I believe that President Robbins made a couple decisions that have really backfired. I think he spent a ton of money loaning money to the football program out of the academic department. And that money is not being returned. That is not being generated by the football team. Then I think he spent a ton of money on other projects that he thought were going to be successful. And instead of handling his business by going out there and doing real life heavy lifting, like really getting his hands dirty, and going out there and meeting with people and raising money, doing what a president of a university like that should be doing. He decided to live high on the hog and act like, hey, this is, I'm a great president. People should be donating anyway. I'm going to go play golf. I, I bet that's what he did. Then the faculty said, you know what? You're not really good at this whole president thing. So... We're going to we're going to take a vote. And even though our vote has no power, we're just going to let everybody know we don't think you're very good. Then after that, he goes into this little shell. And in the middle of all this, when it comes time to pay your football coach and actually realize if you pay him, you've got a better chance of continually building this program so it does pay off the debt. Instead of manning up and looking at your faculty, because just in case you don't know, there's always a battle between academics and athletics. Always. Stanford's about the only school in the country that doesn't have this enormous fight 
between academics and athletics. Every professor of every college in, in Division One gets all bent out of shape about what the football coach and the basketball coach are making. They all say it's terribly unfair and they get mad at the university, which is always stupid. Because guess what, Mr. Professor? Nobody bought season tickets to watch you teach. Sorry. Nobody did. Your finances, your salary is completely dependent on your school's ability to attract students who pay tuition. And if you don't do a good job, guess what? You don't get paid as much. While a football coach, they get paid based on how much money the football team makes, how much football money the conference brings in, how many tickets are sold, and how many people donate to the athletic department. And let me be the first one to tell you, this is, listen, I rip Ohio State all the time, but this is, this is the truth of without me ripping a school I don't like. When I was a kid, it was almost a state law, allow stupid people into Ohio State. Okay, it was, if you had a pulse, you could get in to Ohio State. There were laws about whatever your grades were, that's good enough. Come to Ohio State. They're looking for people like crazy. Okay, that was how it was. I used to joke, and this is, I still say this, but it's a joke, that I applied to Ohio State with my high school diploma, and they said, oh, good, you've done enough. Here's your degree. Well, truth be told, when the football program exploded at Ohio State, now football's always been huge, but I mean actually started winning to the level that they win at now. Boosters started paying money like crazy. Buildings started getting built. Donors flooded to be a part of it. And then more and more students said, that looks fun. It looks fun to go to Ohio State and be a part of that atmosphere. I want to be a student there. More students, more money. Better football, more students. More students, more money. And it just became this reciprocal effect to where now Ohio State is actually not easy to get into. It's, I mean, they got 60, they fight it out with ASU every year for the most kids, and yet they have a pretty high achievement rate to get in. A high academic standard because there's so many people that want to go. And that started with football. So instead of seeing something like that, as the athletic department should have, they screwed up the negotiations with their head coach. And I believe Dave Hickey was upset about it. I believe Dave Hickey has been throwing a fit for the last three weeks. And then think about what that does if you're a U of A fan. It looks like Dave Hickey screwed this. Listen, I'm not getting him off scot-free at all, at all. But he looks completely irrelevant in this thing. He looks like a doofus that was blindsided when, in truth, he has probably been in President Robin's ear for a month or two arguing about this contract. Because the, the wind started coming a long time ago. I mean, it was mid-October when you started to realize, hey, now, U of A isn't just screwing around here. This is a good team. And as Fafita kept getting better and better and better, anybody with brains would have signed Jed Fish to a contract extension. How did it not get done? It didn't get done because of decisions made by the president put them in a terrible situation. And I bet you 
that he completely dragged his feet and getting any kind of approval for Dave Hickey on a new contract. I still think Dave Hickey screwed up enough that, yeah, you deserve to kind of be pushed out. But Doug's big one today is I totally believe that Dave Hickey was completely complicit in him transitioning to a different position. And so eventually he can start his own search for another athletic department job. And it'll be interesting to watch the progression of, of University of Arizona athletics while you've got President Robbins there and to watch where Dave Hickey goes next and to see how good of a job he does at his next stop. Keep an eye on that. All right, coming up next. Sons, 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 sons. They deserve a lot of attention. Huge question. Did they dog it again in the first quarter? Or, or, did they show you something special last night? That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 602-2-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Tuesday today after we talk Suns we'll be doing Town Hall Tuesday basically I need to hit send it's done I just have not sent it over to Jeff Weir production uh excited to talk Suns today because it's a it's a good conversation of what's going on here Suns last night a winner 115-113 absolutely destroyed in the first quarter won the fourth quarter 32-23 Kind of got beat up early in the third. And then after that, the Suns really took over. Kevin Durant, somewhat of a poor shooting night for about, uh, I don't know, maybe 26 minutes, 27 minutes, had a poor shooting night. And just crushed the Bulls. I mean, he just went off and totally annihilated the Bulls. Lot to talk about in this game. Before we do, you know, every now and then I, I want to highlight something. And, in case, and you might not know this. 
if you are a hardcore listener to Doug Franz Unplugged, if you get a second, I'd love for you to transition and bump yourself up to a basic member of WTSMTV.com. And as a basic member, it's true, you don't see live stuff. But hey, why not, if you can, move up and become a live member. But basic members, what you get by being a basic member is all of our programming goes up online and you can watch it on demand whenever you want. But also, Izzy works unbelievably hard by going to almost every Suns home game and he produces packages for you. So if you missed it, it's not like some, I love our local news, but basically nobody gives sports a, a lot of time. So if you go to one of our local sports stations and you see, and the Suns had a game last night, you might get 90 seconds on the Suns. And that's about, if that's probably a lot, probably about 60 seconds on the Suns. While with Izzy, you get a complete breakdown, breakdown, breakdown of the game with highlights. And uh, he goes through the box score and really goes through the detailed parts of the game. So if you missed it, then you've got it if you're a basic member here on WTSM TV. So as an example, here's what Izzy put together for last night's Suns win. Hello, all. Isaiah Jackson Jr. here holding back tears at the Footprint Center as we just seen the Phoenix Suns get the win over the Chicago Bulls, 115-113 and in what was a physical matchup. The story of the game, keep this winning streak alive so you have some momentum going into your two-week road stretch. And that's exactly what the Phoenix Suns did. But it started off pretty rough. The Suns came out flat-footed and was getting beat in this game early on. The likes of Kobe White and Ayo Daksumu just blew by the Phoenix Suns defenders and found easy lanes to the basket. There was even some drawing back and forth between Alice Caruso and Bradley Bill, which upped the intensity in that first half. The Bulls were up by more than 20 in this game as well. Kobe White was the one that led the way for the Chicago Bulls, trying to keep them alive in this game. He dropped 26 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists for the game. It was great defense being played, and it was some intensity, some fire into the Phoenix Suns with Drew Eubanks and Andre Drummond getting into a little bit of an altercation, both receiving texts, but nothing coming out of it. Drew Eubanks provided some spark off the bench, dropping 10 points and having eight rebounds as well. It was a rough first half for the Phoenix Suns when we're usually seeing the likes of Grayson Allen, Bradley Bill, and Devin Booker step up. It was none other than Kevin Durant who came through and provided all the spark needed for the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant ended this game with 43 points, eight assists, and six rebounds. Kevin Durant totaled 83 points in this back-to-back stretch between the Indiana Pacers game and the Chicago Bulls game here tonight. Kevin Durant led the way for the Phoenix Suns in this second half. So much so, great defender Alice Caruso had trouble containing him, and that proved so in the final minutes of this game. In the final seconds of the game, Kevin Durant gets the ball off the inbound, gets a nice mid-range shot. Alice Caruso flies right past him. Kevin Durant has to pretty much double clutch, and he still managed to knock the shot down. All in all, the Phoenix Suns had to win this in the fourth quarter, and that's exactly what they did. There was a rough start to the game, but they finished off strong in a dramatic fashion. So the next time you'll see the Suns will be on Wednesday as they take on the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas in what is a great matchup between Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. For WTSM-TV, I'm Isaiah Jackson. Well done, Izzy. Um, his show coming up 10 to noon today, every weekday morning here on WTSMTV.com. And it comes right after Steve McCollum, Dale Hellestray, and the main event. Uh, 
in, in watching that, you know, I forgot about the the Caruso barking. I wasn't even going to talk about that today, but I'm glad I'm glad I watched that to uh, to get caught up on that. So that is after almost every game, Izzy puts that up at WTSMTV.com for those of you that are basic members for you to be able to have uh, access to that. And the one thing that's very strange for me to say about this game is Drew Eubanks brought life to the game. Drew Eubanks was really incredible in this game. And it's not something that you normally get all that jacked up about. But he got into a little bit of a shoving match with Kobe White. He went up for a rebound and barely kind of touched Kobe White on his way down. And Kobe White acted like he had been shot by a sniper in the back. And I love Kobe White. But he totally freaks out, flips his hand up, like trying to get somebody off of him before he's going to die. And the ref bought it completely. Oh, my gosh, what a horribly officiated basketball game last night was. And because of that, they called a technical foul on Drew Eubanks. And then there's all kinds of barking. Well, then on about the next trip down, Eubanks is kind of more reckless. He's like, hey, if I'm getting technicals for something that dumb, then I'm not going to worry about what anybody thinks. And he did give a tiny shove to Andre Drummond. And Andre Drummond acted like he just got jumped. I mean, Andre Drummond outweighs Drew Eubanks by about 150 pounds. And Andre Drummond just freaks out. And I don't know what happened, but Drew Eubanks just suddenly became a monster hustling up and down the court. And if he didn't get the ball, he was the one tipping it out to somebody. And then at the end of the game, a huge rebound huge rebound and kick back out for the Suns to be able to get a tying bucket it was he played great and then the end as you saw with uh, with Izzy's report that double clutch with Caruso coming around the back that was sweet that was a sweet game well Frank Vogel he was pretty fair in his assessment but if you heard it on four minute offense he walks in he sits down without even a question KD pretty special and then he goes through the play and starts talking everything about the game. Let's go to Vogel 1 and just get specific. What were you hoping to get on that last play and the beauty of that bounce pass from Nurkic when KD went back door? We just want to get KD the ball and, and try to get the last shot. And, you know, with all denials, first play of the game, last play of the game, start of quarters, you know, we just uh, we play through the big and then back, back cut. You know, the guy that's being denied, you know, there's to burn, call it flash burn, flash the big, burn on the backside. And, um, you know, those guys executed it when we needed it the most. And, uh, and he did a ridiculous shot. I like learning the little ins and outs or when we get little code words from, because everybody calls stuff differently. Like almost every team, all of them have everybody's plays. Very rarely is a new play invented in basketball that's just incredible. But it does happen, and uh, and actually Kevin Durant's going to talk about it here in a little bit. But flash to burn. Burn them on the backside. Flash up, get the ball, and then if you're able to switch the side. If the ball's on one side of the court, eventually the defense all drifts over there. So how quickly can you get the ball to the other side of the court? I thought Drew Eubanks was fantastic at this game. in this game. 
of being able to get the ball quickly to the other side. And that created a lot of open shots that started the comeback and got people into a flow. And then that last play with the way Nurkic gave the ball up was incredible. I mean, Nurkic, that when he threw the backdoor bounce pass, like backdoor – to me, in my head, it always means somebody cutting down the wing to the basket. It was different to see back door still up top. I mean, you don't know. I mean, think about how dumb they like if you know basketball, think about this phrase. KD made a back door cut for an 18 foot jump shot. <laughs> like, wait, how, how's that back door? The whole point of the back door is you're close to the basket. But it was. They were able to guard Kevin Durant on the inbounds, so Nurkic had to come get it, and then there was no room for him to do what's called a DHO, a durable handoff, to be able to get around him. So it was KD who faked right and then went back left behind Caruso and left Caruso. And, man, that looked like a bounce pass that could have had a lot of hands, could have had a lot of hands knock it away. It was perfectly thrown, bounces right up to KD. He keeps going left to get away from Caruso. Caruso finds him and comes back over the top and gets his hand right next to the ball, but he doesn't want to foul him, so he doesn't completely swat. He just basically holds his hand over the ball, so he's going to block it as soon as KD shoots it. And KD doesn't shoot it. He just keeps drifting to the left in the air, and eventually Caruso comes down first. And now after the double clutch, KD puts it in. Suns win by two. Pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. Um, uh, Frank, what would you say you picked up in this game because of the fact that this team was down again, crappy first quarter, but just like Sacramento, you mounted an incredible fourth quarter comeback. Yeah, I mean, the emotions are are all positive right now. You know, we got a great deal of belief that's building with our group and um, our togetherness and our cohesion. You know, the way we were in, in the fight together in, in those huddles and, you know, everybody pulling in the same direction, um, you know, not losing their mind when things weren't going our way, you know, which a lot of times that, that happens. Um, you know, guys just kept kept trying to figure out the game. You know, credit the Bulls. They came out and, and gave us their best shot. We this is, we have a team that we can get a lot of teams' best shot, you know, and uh, and those guys played terrific. They made threes. They, they brought defensive pressure. Uh, they played a terrific game. But, you know, we stayed, uh, we stayed together. Uh, we learned last week against Sacramento that, you know, we're never out of a game. We don't give up. And um, we knew we were going to have a chance if we stay with it. That is something that's important. There's, there's a positive and a negative about yesterday's game. And the huge positive is if you have another situation like Sacramento, the Sacramento game, where now the guys know we, we can handle anything. Stay in our business. Keep doing what we're supposed to be doing when the shots aren't falling. And get it back defensively. They got a lot more stops in that second half against Chicago. They come back and win. So that's, a, that's important. Yet two things. One, don't start relying on it. If you start becoming a team that relies on the comeback, you get lazy in the beginning because you always think, well, we'll come back, and then you don't because the other team actually doesn't lose focus. Uh, in order to have a 23-point point comeback, the other team has to lose focus. That has to happen, okay? If they don't lose focus, you don't come back. So, therefore, 
don't get down that much. And that brings up the other problem. If it's the back end of a back-to-back and they're, they're an older team and they're tired, we have to deal with that, okay? But that first quarter, if it was another game of lack of effort in the first quarter, then we've got a problem. I don't know which one it is. It, sometimes if it looks like guys are running with, in cement, that's fatigue, which is totally different than lack of effort. And I, I admit, I watched that game really closely, and I, I was watching the Bulls dominate, and it just seemed like a bad matchup more than it seemed like not trying. It seemed like we don't have a defensive stopper that can stop Kobe White from getting in the getting into the paint. That's what it looked like. And then when Dosumu, uh, Dosamu comes in uh, off the bench, that then becomes another speed factor. It looked like they struggled with the speed of the Bulls because the Suns are older and less athletic. Yet, just stick to the game plan. The Bulls aren't going to hit all these shots all night long, and they got better and better as the game went on. So that brings up a, a very important point. There's no way the Suns win this game without the bench, and namely Drew Eubanks. Yeah, that's that's where you need them. You know, that's where you need them the most. Uh, starters played heavy minutes last night. Um, you could see that with uh, we were just a step step slow to a lot of things. A lot of shots were short uh, in the first half, and um, you know that's part of why we we uh, created that, that deficit. You know that we had. But, you know, Drew Eubanks in particular, I want to shout him out. You know, he's had a, a rough stretch, you know, where he hasn't played his, his best basketball. But, you know, he's been staying with it, working and getting with the coaches and watching film. And, um, you know, I keep having one-on-one conversations with him to keep make sure he's staying lifted and, and um, you know, how valuable he is. And you know, he came in and that was his best game of the year for us. You know, uh, his energy really changed the game. You know, he, he, we, got, we were able to get a lot more aggressive with uh, the pick-and-roll coverages and, you know, we've been really working with him when the ball finds him in the pocket against double teams, making the right reads. He made some great plays, you know, with, with those situations. So um, he was great, but our whole bench, you know, was a big factor in the game. One of the rare times the bench for the Suns outplayed the opponent's bench. That's number one. Number two, give Frank Vogel some credit here of saying he's been in Drew Eubanks' ear because – Drew was losing a lot of playing time. He was no longer the sub after uh, the first sub for Nurkic. For a little while, it was maybe bowl. If this is going to sound funny when you put in somebody that's seven six, but they were going small, and I mean small framed. They were going a little smaller after when Nurkic would come out, or as the bouquet started before he got hurt, started to get a lot of playing time, a lot, you know, relative to the backup center on a mostly guard lineup. Then the success against Sacramento was the four guard lineup and Kevin Durant playing the center. So Eubanks, as he's become less effective, was obviously getting less and less playing time. Now you dump him into this game and you say, this is your game. Bowl bowls hurt. We need speed over uh, girth, so therefore we're not going to go with Azabuke. And I don't really know if the four-guard lineup is going to work because this team has still the girth to rebound. So we, we need some boards. And Drew was okay. You know, he wasn't bad. And then, wow, once that little skirmish happened with Kobe White and Andre Drummond, it lit a fire, and Eubanks was fired up. 
And I think that's something you bottle up. If I'm Kevin Durant, if I am Devin Booker, I have a conversation last night with Drew Eubanks and say, that's how you play. You need to figure out a way to gen- – if, if you play better angry, then let's go. Then, let, then let's beat you up before the game. I'm going to start saying stuff that just pisses you off for no reason. I'm going to try to anger you every game because that's the Drew Eubanks we need every night. He was so much better than he has been. And I think it's because he played with emotion, because he played with rage. And that's okay for a bench player. You know, who cares if Drew Eubanks picks up four fouls a night? Knock yourself out. Now, if you're a starting center, hey, let's calm down a little bit. Let's stay in the flow of the game. I loved what I saw from Drew Eubanks. All right, I've been mentioning the kind of the key, though, for yesterday's game. Why do I always say all right when I go to a different point? Um, The key in this game is are the Suns really figuring it out more and more and we should be excited? It's their sixth win in a row. Or at what point is it, guys, I'm not believing in you until you play hard in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. I mean, how rare is it that the Suns play well in the first and fourth quarter in the same game? And they got beat up bad in the first quarter last night. So, KD, what would you say is the reason for the slow starts? I feel like I could have, early in the game, I had like three or four wide open threes in the first half that I thought could have settled us down or guys making great plays, penetrating to the lane, get me a three and I just break it and... I felt like that's, you know, a couple of those, they ran out for layups as well. So I felt like that was the momentum right there. If I'd hit two or three of those threes, we'd have went into the half down probably 10 or nine, and that's just a whole different game. So that's a make or miss league. I always say that. They made shots in that first half. They got hot. Made, I think, 10 threes that first half, and um, we couldn't get none up. We couldn't make any, and, you know, it was a – it was uh, I was 0 for 6 in the first half and 6 for 15. So we made 14 threes as a whole and got back up to 40% from the three. I think we made shots in that second half. I'm like lightning. Ran over and got some water. I'm gassed. <laughs> That's a long little run there. What I love so much about that, the slow start. And where does he go? I think I miss some good looks. And if I hit those looks, it brings us a little juice. On the one hand, let me you know, let me say first, do not play the sport of basketball or any sport or do anything in life where somebody else's lack of energy allows it to drain from you or somebody else's failure drains your – you as a member of the Unplugged Army, boom, earn your pillow all right work hard if you're not respected or appreciated and that includes money at the place you are ask yourself one question am i doing this right now and am i sacrificing because it's going to build me up to the next spot in life so suck it up sometimes that's true if you want to laugh, I made four twenty-five an hour as the youngest program director in the country. I was running a radio station, uh, two radio, uh, just one actually. I was running a radio station, and I was making minimum wage. <laughs> and then to make it even worse, they gave me a one-quarter raise but put me on salary, 
which stunk because when I was doing just minimum wage, I got at least I got overtime. So that stunk. But I knew it was going to lead somewhere, so suck it up. Luckily, I had a good wife. We made it work. That's different than if you've paid your dues, you've been there, and you're not appreciated financially. All right. That's why we have events like uh, Civilic coming up on February, I believe, February 23rd. Let me cheat and make sure I have the date right. Uh, Where's my calendar? Where's my calendar? Where's my calendar? Oh, my gosh. I have already been on that page. It's above your head. Oh, look at you. See, I, it's not like the sign sits above my head. So if I'm looking <laughs> down, I don't know. And we've already discussed Jeff Weir production. I, you know what? We, can you lower that so it's right here, so I don't even see my head, please? <laughs> sure. Thank you. Thank you. Just put just put Friday, February 23rd, right on my bold my bolding <laughs> head. That way I don't see it. But that is uh, that's an event where you show up for lunch. You show up for happy hour after work and get to know people that are in the unplugged army and say, hey, how have you become successful? What advice do you have for me? Do you know somebody that's hiring hardworking people? Things like that. I would love for us to all lift up members of the unplugged army. But I bring it up in this case about the slow starts and about the sons and, you know, what are you bringing to the table? I just love the personal accountability from Kevin Durant. I look at everybody else and say, don't you dare get down because KD's not hitting shots. But I admit to you totally as I'm saying this, that I'm asking kind of an inhuman type of thing. It's hard to do that. It is hard. Other people do create massive distractions. There was this guy I worked with in Alabama who was racist, sexist, dishonest, and ignorant. And oh, by the way, he was my boss. And I could not stand him. Now, I wish I was a better person. I want, I'm a deeply religious person, and yet I did not bring my religion to work. I brought anger to work because I was waiting for what was the next argument going to be? What was the next stupid thing he was going to do that I had to be defensive of? And I came into work with that type of attitude a lot. I let him affect me. Why? If I was stronger, I wouldn't have allowed that to happen. And I didn't. And I'm sure it does the same thing to you. I'm calling myself out and you. We shouldn't be like that. But I'm also completely saluting Kevin Durant. Because when the question is about a slow start, he immediately looks at himself. He immediately says, if I would have done this, I think we would have responded better. I love that. If everybody on the team has the KD attitude of, here's what I didn't do, well, then guess what? You fix that. Then everybody picks each other up. The next one from Kevin Durant, KD, just tell us about the last play. You come up trying to get the ball in the inbounds. You can't get it. Then you've got Nurkic is the one that takes the inbounds pass. Then he can't get it to you. You don't run the DHO, and boom, you see the back cut, and then you're able to get the shot off, break the tie, and with 1.6 seconds, Suns have a two-point lead. You take us through what you saw. I mean, it's basketball at the end of the day, man. It's not too serious. I know these games are high stakes, and uh, – a lot on the line, but at the end of the day, it's still hooping. So in the moments, I try to be as calm as I can and 
execute the game plan really and um it's a fun game. It's a fun game, man. Uh, Chicago presents a, a tough challenge because they press you all game. They they top five in the league and turn and turn the teams over. They got small guards that can penetrate and shoot. So, you know, I feel like this whole week we've been having a, you know, play against so many different types of teams. That's just preparing us to, you know, as we, you know, head down to this, you know, second half of the season. So, um, it's a fun game. Pretty relaxed about it. Um, the specific question was that because of your time, not playing for the Bulls, but playing for the Bulls head coach, he already has said, and you're a killer, the way that you keep things calm at the end, like you can do so many things at the end of the game. And, and therefore, you know, how how are you able to do that? And he goes, and that's why he's oh, it's just basketball, it's just basketball. And some guys have a laid back attitude that's too much. You got to give Kevin Durant room. He's a really laid back guy off the court, uh, laid back in the sense that he doesn't show a lot of emotion. However, I don't want to act like I've had a beer with KD, but he's had a lot of moments in his career where you can tell, oh my gosh, KD, relax. Who cares what the masses think? Ignore it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he gets wrapped up in his stuff. He got caught with a burner account trying to defend Kevin Durant when it was him that was sending out the tweets. <laughs> stuff like that. Like, relax. But in, once he's on the court, oh yeah, he does what it takes to win. Um Tell us specifically about you being able to develop the chemistry with Nurkic this year to execute a very difficult backdoor play. Huge, huge. I mean, everybody in the gym knew the ball was coming to me, and especially Caruso. He's such a smart defender. He jumped it. Him and DeRozan, I think, kind of shadowed it a little bit. Out, you know, out of bounds pass, and Nurk made himself available, and we work on that backdoor so many times in game and practice. So. I seen Caruso flying too, so I had to double pump just a little bit. Um, but I'm glad it went in. That was it. Was a great shot. It was very, very difficult. And I don't mind a shot that hard when you got a tie game. I, I, I would have had, like, I wouldn't have ripped KD for it, but I would have told you, man, I, I would like to have seen a little bit better type of play from Frank Vogel if the Suns were down one going for the win. Because, you know, if he misses this shot, you go into overtime. If he misses a shot when you're down one, you've just lost. And the best shot we can get is a side is a sidestep drifting 18-footer off of a tricky backdoor pass. Yeah, can we do a little better than that? Now, it's not like the Bulls are making it easy, of course. But, man, what a play. What a play for Kevin Durant and the Suns to be able to get the 115-113 victory. I think one of the things that's huge in this game, the assist-to-turnover ratio. That's why the Suns won, in my opinion. 32-7. to That's unheard of. For you as a team, just think about this in, in college and, and, and NBA. You'd like to see your college point guard have a two-to-one ratio, assist to turnovers. They're going to have turnovers. 
You're the point guard. You got the ball more than anybody else. Everybody's trying to attack you. And sometimes you'll get the cheesy turnover like what the Suns would do with DeAndre Ayton. You throw the ball into Ayton, he drops the ball, the other team touches it or steals it. Guess what? It's your turnover, not DA's. Because until the, until the guy has complete control of the ball, it's still considered your possession as part of the turnover. So think about how many turnovers a point guard gets that's not it that are not his fault let alone just the times he gets the ball stolen from him. So you want a college point guard to get to 2.1. You want your NBA point guard to get to 3 uh, three 3-1. I think I said point one, but 3-1 to one because you expect a lot more from an NBA. But that's your point guard. That's your number one dude, right? 32-7 to seven as a team is a 4-1 to one ratio. As a team, that's crazy. I mean, it's almost it's almost a five to one ratio. It's really about three and a half. That's incredible. For or excuse me, it's really about four and a half. That's an incredible number to do that as a team. Here's uh, Katie. Last one. I, I like this. this. Sometimes people ask off the wall questions, and I don't like it. I don't know who it was that asked it, but talked about you getting back to back forty burgers. Okay, had 40 points two nights ago, had 40 points last night against the Bulls. How, how are you so engaged? What what does it take to have your longevity? Um, just great teammates, great coaches, great teachers and mentors that poured into me. And um, I love the game. I love to work out. I love to play in the summers and my off season. So I'm always thinking about the game too. So I think that just keeps me in it, keeps me energized. It's about your energy level at this point as you get older. And, you know, I enjoy coming into work every day. I hope that translates to you and I. That's that's what I really took away from that quote. Does that translate to you and I? Do you bring the energy every day? Man, it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, he says when you get older, it just matters. Are you, are you, are you bringing the energy? But do you bring the energy every day? Come on, let's go. Hopefully, Doug Franz Unplugged is one of those things that you can be somewhat inspired by. I don't want to act like I'm a motivational speaker or something, but at the same time, I I hope that my story of getting fired, and, and don't act like I just boom, overcame it and was successful. You know, I failed miserably as a human being for about six to eight weeks after getting fired. It was that long. So it was not overnight. But hopefully my firing, my failure, my recovery and overcoming is something that you can look at yourself and say, okay, I've been in worse situations or easier situations, but I can overcome. It's kind of this balancing act of of looking at the world, number one, and realizing you're an American. Okay? Therefore, you have an advantage right from the start. How many times do people say, oh, if I had this guy's millions, I would hustle. Okay, Uh, you know what? Looking at it through the prism of our lives where we are, yes, I think we would hustle if we were making million dollars as an athlete. But what also are we doing? We're looking at the financial situation of somebody else and acting like we would change to have that. Yet don't you understand there's somebody right now that's homeless that would say, man, if I had your money, I know I would change and do it this way. And then there's somebody who walks three miles a day just to get water, to bring it back to a village. 
that is saying, oh my gosh, do you know how much money I would make if I had indoor plumbing where I could go get a job and not be walking that far? You know, everybody is in a position where they've got more than somebody else and less than somebody else. It's all about you. What are you going to do about it? And just hearing him say, I love my job. I love the workout. Do you love the research it takes to do your job? Do you bring an energy and an attitude that brings everybody else up at work? You might be the most qualified and best dude at work. Or excuse me, most qualified and best at your job at work. But if you're a jerk and you bring everybody down, guess what? The boss man might decide the unit will be more productive without you. We can, we can overcome firing you because everybody else will do more. It's a happier place. If you get to that point, that's on you, no matter how good you are. So what do you bring into the table? That's, I, I really loved listening to, uh, to Kevin Durant. It's a big season for him. All right? Big season. He, this is one where even though Devin Booker has been incredible in his tenure as a member of the Phoenix Suns, it's not like the Warriors who were able to win a championship without KD before he got there and, and after KD left. He came in and made them a dynasty. But they can win championships without him. He's never been able to come into a situation and provide a level of leadership that led to a championship never been able to do that so there is something on him to say listen i i can be that force of nature that leads a team to a championship that can't win one without me and let's face it as much as we'd like to say cam johnson mikhail bridges devin booker deandre ayton were going to build their way to a championship they didn't Suns have zero Our whole city, other than Rattlers and Mercury, has won. That's it. And, boy, I don't stand stand strong if KD is going to be able to be the one to show he can step up and lead. Uh, Suns off today. Six-game roadie. I think. Is it six games or is it seven? Let me cheat and look that up. Suns. I didn't write it down. Well, now I, that's going to kill me. Sorry, I don't know that off the top of my head. I can't remember whether it's six or seven. So do you mind if I cheat and look that up real quick? Da, da, da. I don't know why I think the noise dun, ta, dun, somehow fills the time and makes it more palpable to know Doug's unprepared. Seven-game road trip, I told you. <laughs> it starts in Dallas. You know why I don't know? Because that road trip really makes me mad. Because of how much backtracking they do. They, they go to Dallas, and then they've got the Florida uh, doubleheader with uh, Miami and Orlando. Then they fly up to the New York area. Then they come back down to the mid-Atlantic states. That's just so dumb. Figure it out, NBA. Shorter flights. And then what do they get when they come home? They're not home until February 6th. They're gone that long. Today is the 23rd. They don't come back home till February 6th, and they play Milwaukee. Like, here we go. Hey, welcome back. I'm Giannis. That's that's a crazy trip. That's crazy. All right, coming up next, Jeff Weir Production takes over with a little Town Hall Tuesday, and uh, I also I also need to play a little fit from somebody. You got to hear this. It's next on WTSMTV.com. It's big. It's juicy. It's meaty. 
get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally, we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. Make sure you're watching iOS today, Izzy on Sports. He showed me what Greg Popovich said and then gave me that audio if I wanted to use it. And I ran out of time talking sun, so I, I won't be able to get to it. But, uh, he, boy, it was a, him and I had a great conversation yesterday based on some of the things that Popovich said. And I'm glad that Izzy's going to talk about that today. So if you get a chance, uh, make sure you're watching iOS. It should be a good conversation. And, uh, and, and feel free to engage. I think you're going to either learn something or it'll motivate you to have a strong opinion either way after you hear it. Uh, we got Town Hall Tuesday coming up in just a second. I got some points I really want to make about a Mel Kuyper Jr. mock draft, which I find interesting, and I'll tell you why I actually care about a mock draft in just a second. But before we get to that, last night in the NBA was crazy. 70 points for Joel Embiid. He went, I think, 21 free throws? Let me cheat. Yeah, 21 of 23 from the free throw line. 70 points, 18 boards. The man shot 41 times. (laughs) Okay, that's crazy. All right, so you have that. Then Carl Anthony Towns has 62 points in a loss. Charlotte dominated the fourth quarter, something like 35-20 or something. They crushed the Timberwolves in 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 the second half, but namely the fourth quarter. But Cat has 62 in a loss. He misses a last-second three. So Chris Finch is the head coach of the T-Wolves, and he gets asked a question to kind of start off the presser about the comeback and and the things that, that Minnesota didn't do in order to protect the lead. And he didn't just talk negatively about his team. He called them out. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. So this is what happens when you uh, have this type of approach. Just because you've scored two or three or four points in a row, or baskets in a row, doesn't, you know, obviously we're going to try to feed a hot hand, look for a hot hand. But at some point, we got to get back to making the right play. We got to get back to doing the right things. Um, and, um, you know, that's just, uh, like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature. Um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the, the roster. We totally disrespected uh, the game ourselves. Um, and we got exactly what we deserve. So. That was a display of immature basketball. We disrespected the game and we got what we deserve. That's awesome. Now, the truth is, I I only saw bits and pieces of this game. It is clear that Minnesota started standing. Wow, cat's on fire. Get him the ball and we'll just watch. We don't have to work tonight. 
And when you stand on offense, sometimes you'll stand on defense. Teams that very few teams, it goes the opposite way too. Very few teams are good at a, at a zone defense. And then also aggressive downhill on offense. You stand in your zone, you end up standing on offense. It's just the way it works. But if you play it up and down tempo, you're moving, you're aggressive, and you're involved. And there's a big difference. And uh, I just found that. I just Watching that clip, we played, we're immature, we disrespected the game. I love it. Now, let's see. Like Even if you could care less about the T-Wolves, I am interested in their next game to see, okay, how does everybody respond to being called out by the coach? Because if he doesn't have the room, oh, they'll shut down. And if he does have the room, then Minnesota's about ready to make a run. Because I remember, it was later in the year, do you remember last year um, just some rip jobs that happened for, from the Nuggets in which they were even called soft one time by, by their head coach? And oh, by the way, who won the world championship? I mean, he went at them late in the year. And the T-Wolves have had a good season so far, and now they get hit with immature and disrespecting the game. So uh, that's something to pay attention to. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's throw it over to Jeff Weir Production. Hear ye, hear ye. Oh, yay, oh, yay. It's time to call a town hall meeting. It is Town Hall Tuesday. You email me, Doug, at DougFranzUnplugged.com. You post something on Instagram, at DougFranzUnplugged, or you post, you tweet me, yes, I said tweet, Elon. You tweet me, at UnpluggedDoug, and join the show, and I collect all of your uh, sayings, quotes, and comments, edit them up if they're really, really long, throw them to Jeff Weir Production, and he gives us the read. Jeff, what do we have today? All right, the first one I've got is from John S., and he asked, Doug, I don't know if you take these kind of questions on Town Hall Tuesday, but I'm about to get married. Do you have any advice? Oh, wow, wow. As a man that's closing in on 30, I think, yeah, uh, this year we'll celebrate 28. Uh, I, I do have some advice. Well, first of all, John, I do t- I'll take any question in Town Hall Tuesday. Anything that's on your mind, Town Hall Tuesday. I would love to get to the point where people are sending in videos. I think that changes it up a little bit, and that would be fun. If you tweeted us videos or posted them on Instagram with your questions, I would love that. But please, any question you give me. Now, if you're a complete jerk, I might skip over it. But I, I want that stuff. Uh, my marriage advice, number one, is simple. Marry your best friend. That would That would be... First and foremost, marry your best friend. If you don't mind me dumping my religion on you, for me, I didn't just marry Jennifer. I made a covenant with God to be her husband. Think about the difference level of commitment. Think about how easy it is to get a divorce if you think you have finalized a relationship versus you've made a covenant with God to be a husband. That's how I look at my marriage. And it's easy for me because as I've always said, and this is totally the truth, when I met Jennifer, I was better looking than she was. That's just the way it is. And then I lost hair and gained weight. She lost weight and gained hair. So I was like, hey, look at me. I win. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I, I drafted Jennifer in the fifth round, and now she's a Hall of Famer, and I'm a fired general manager. But, hey, I, I still win. It's all a competition anyway. Uh, and then lastly, I would say uh, 
don't defend anything where you'll realize that every marriage has ups and downs. My wife and I are extremely happily married, and every now and then we haven't been very happy about it, okay? It happens. But the key there would be you can notice problems in the marriage when you start defending something, when you start feeling like you're being attacked even if you're not, or you feel like you're being forced to change in a way that you don't want to, and you defend yourself. You're defending yourself against the person that's supposed to be your soulmate. Do you really think that person's on the attack? If they are, it's true. We got problems. But you don't need to defend yourself unless they're not your soulmate. And that would mean put the time in during the engagement to make sure they are your soulmate. I went a little deeper on that. I, it's just not a question I normally get, but I love the topic. So, and John, uh, lastly, from all of us here in the Unplugged Army, our best to you. Please come. I, I don't remember meeting you before. So please start coming out to sanctioned events and let us, uh, let us meet your bride. Uh, what's next? The next one I've got is uh, from General Mike. Love Jeff's story yesterday morning. I did the same thing about 15 years ago, drained <laughs> the transmission fluid out of my truck instead of the oil by mistake. I tried to save $20 doing an oil change myself and instead cost myself an extra $500 getting the truck towed and paying for the transmission service. I saw that Bill's kicker, Tyler Bass, uh, has deactivated his social media accounts because of backlash after missing the uh, the tying field goal on Sunday. Yeah, I'm guessing it's probably more from sc- more from s- scorned betters rather than uh, hashtag Bills Mafia. Yeah. However, do you have any home team goats or villains from your from your youth? Ten ah! year old me hated Todd Worrell uh, for a long time for blowing the 1985 World Series clinching Game Six with a huge assist from Don Din. Ken, Kingers? Close. Blown call? Yep, close. Kinnigers? Yep. K- uh, Deckinger. De- 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 but if Kingers. nobody tells you that one, you're never going to know. Oh, it. golly, bum. Yeah. That's a tough one. I'll be at the, the New Burrito Express opening on February 3rd at Whirlwind on February 23rd. Awesome. Let's go. Uh, who's that from? That's from General Mike. Okay, there's a lot there, General Mike. Number one, I love the truck story to you, too. Thanks for being such a hardcore listener to the show that you remember Jeff's funny story. Secondly, the kicker situation, Bill's fans are unbelievable. You are right. He did deactivate his Instagram after getting torched. Maybe it was betters. And I I just think... I just think you're one of the lowest forms of life if you... To me, there's nothing more gutless than sending a social media note that somebody else is terrible to them when they're at their lowest point in their life. Like, what do you accomplish by that? Couldn't agree more. How does that elevate who you are as a person because they're actually in the ring doing it? I mean, that, that is dumb. That's not only you're an ignorant fool, but that's like change your life or hell is in your future kind of stuff you're just a jerk it it, it makes no sense now i'm not saying don't be angry you're a fan that guy screwed up i yell at the television too oh my gosh you, you screw up my ncaa tournament bracket by not getting back on defense i don't care that you're 18 ah you know okay but i'm not gonna send you a note to try to take your knees out I mean, come on. So here's the positive of this story, though. If you, don't, if you never heard the story, Andy Dalton wears number 14. 
Andy Dalton, as the Bengals quarterback, beats the Ravens in a game that's meaningless for Cincinnati, and it puts the Bills in the playoffs for the first time, I think, since like the Jim Kelly era. It's about four years ago, maybe, something like that. And when it happens, Bills fans are so ecstatic, so many of them start donating $14 to Andy Dalton's uh, fund, his charity. And, and all of a sudden, the charity has more money than they know what to do with. Josh Allen's uh, grandmother dies, and he and he he's he's really hating it. It's a very very close relationship with his grandma. Bill's mafia starts donating all kinds of money to the Buffalo Children's Hospital that they open up a new wing. They were able to build another building, and it's named after Josh Allen's grandma. Stuff like that. Well, what did they do? people that felt bad the kid wears jersey number two they started donating 22 dollars they doubled it to tyler bass's fund he cares about cats now i wish he did something else but hey i maybe cats are people too i i I don't know but he donated to cats and therefore his charity is exploding with money right now right in a time of need that's awesome that is really really awesome but yeah, Tyler, make the kick. As far as the other two things are concerned, I have not talked about it, so I'm so glad, General Mike, you brought it up. Burrito Express is opening a new location on Kyrene, and, uh, and it's open now, but it's kind of a soft launch. It's kind of, hey, give us a break if we screw up. Can you, can you really give us strong feedback how we're doing type of opening? And then February 3rd, hardcore. So my plan, General Mike, is totally to be out there. I would love to see a strong Unplugged Army showing. They are the second ever sponsor of Doug Fry unplugged burrito express it was um parker and sons called first but i didn't have an opportunity to get things set up with them yet and then bells was the first burrito express was next and then parker and Sons. there is no doug franz unplugged i i've probably moved my family by now i would have left by now if it wasn't for people like angel at burrito express so mike that's why it means a ton to me that you're doing both thank you all right what's next the next one I've got is from General Craig. Okay. It simply says, Cesar Geronimo hit 307 in 1976. <laughs> okay. There's a story. Great job. I guess uh, that's a correction. <laughs> great job, General Craig. No, it was a couple, uh, a couple, maybe about last week at some point, I just started talking about, and I don't even remember why, the 1976 Reds. And I was talking about how stacked they were, and I I think I butchered it. I said something like the eight hitter, the number eight hitter was Cesar Geronimo, and he batted like 320 that year. And it's only 307. Now, the point is still valid, okay? It's 307. When your eight hitter is batting 300, wow, what a team. And he was a really good defensive outfielder. But I said, if you know, if it's something, hey, if if you have time to look it up. So General Craig, he's the only person to listen to. Me. He said, no, I'll look it up. I'll do the research for you. Here you go, and threw me that bone. But I admit, I forgot that I had uh, I had asked that. So General Craig, thank you very much. Um, I'm in favor of this. Also, as a Wizards fan, I can confirm that Bill was a below average defender at Gene <laughs> Lilly 14. You know what? I did a poor job here. I should have moved up. Uh, a, a a tweet cam cox you know what i got this i got the order right but it's a little confusing cam cox of 12 news put out a tweet that said he hates the talk about changing the rule 
And what I mean by that is, and you might have seen it in the Bills-Chiefs game, if you fumble the ball out of the end zone, it's a turnover and a touchback. If you fumble the ball out of bounds anywhere else on the field, it goes back to where you fumbled it, and you get the ball. So you get the ball. Here's the rule for all of this space, and then boom, past this pylon, we're changing the rule. Now it's a fumble, and you lose the ball. Even though the defense never got the ball, you still lose it. So I said, you know what? It is funky. It's a little weird. So how about this rule? If you fumble the ball out of the end zone, you still get to keep the ball, but it's, your, it's like a reverse touchback. You've got to move back to the 20, and you don't get a reset of downs. So if it's second and goal and you fumble out of the end zone, it's now third and goal from the 20. So you still have the ball, but now you're hurting it to get the touchdown, and then you still have a chance at a field goal. And some people think I'm a genius. Other people think I'm a, I've totally screwed up the game. Because, hey, don't fumble if you don't like it. Well, obviously, Gene agrees with me on this. He says, I'm in favor of that. And then I had made a comment last week that Beal's defense looks a lot better. And he goes, I can confirm he's below average. (laughs) I think think that's pretty good. Because I admit I, I only watch about three or four Wizards games a year. All right, what's next? With the passing of Franz Beckbauer a couple of weeks ago, I was wondering, who are your top five all-time best defenders? Oh, Hashtag wow. Unplugged Army. That is from D. Garcia, 62990. Wow. Um, full disclosure, D, I am not qualified to answer that question. Um, and, and here's why. This is going to sound weird. I'm a longtime soccer coach, played the game all growing up, for some really good coaches I was a real within the confine of being an American in the 80s I was a pretty good player um I was the third best in my position in in a city that's pretty good size probably it I mean honestly it's a it's a city that might be the size of Mesa let's say I'm kind of ballparking and I might be wrong maybe the size of no let's go with Tucson actually a city the size of Tucson I was the third best player in my position So I was good, and I know the game very well. However, I don't know the history of the game in a great way. I I don't, I didn't, I still don't watch European soccer very often. If there's a soccer game on and I've got no work to do, I'll start watching because I love the game. I love World Cup, and I pay attention to World Cup like crazy. So I know the game itself, but I don't necessarily know all the players in the history. So. The ones that stand out to me, of course, Franz Beckenbauer would be one, but I would say Nesta from Italy. I wrote a couple down after I saw your thing. Uh, Roberto Carlos and John Terry would probably be a couple names that that stick out to me. That I, because as a defender, I would watch it. Oh man, that guy's awesome, and I would watch. And then I don't care what you think out of nowhere, Julie Ertz. She's a fantastic center back, in my opinion. So I'll, I'll, I'll put her in there as well. But D, whoever your top five is, I, I would I would venture a guess yours are going to be better than mine. Uh, what's next? Next one I've got is at Cam Cox 12. Okay. It's supposed to be strange. The end zone oh. is a special place. Should have different rules. The offense gets the ball back if they fumble out of bounds. The other 99 yards of the field seems fair. You know, that's – so that was Cam, – so Cam Cox went in it as – Get off people's back who are, or get on people's back who want to change the rule. The rule is good. Keep it. 
And I said, it just seems screwy. Okay? So I responded to it. So that's his response to my response. And uh, I like it. It's a pretty decent argument. Here's the rule for 99 yards, and now the end zone special. We change it. I'm not saying you're wrong, Cam, but just for me, I think the defense should have to recover a fumble to get the ball. You got to recover the fumble to get the ball. But there's so many rules that make scoring easier to actually hold on to some rules that make it hard. That's not a bad thing either. All right, what's next? Uh, the next one I've got is from at AG Kleino. Okay. Would love for you to get Mr. Orange on this season to hear his son's takes. Big time failure by me. I enjoy Mr. Orange. For those of you who don't know, he's a super fan for the Suns, but he's also the Peoria High School basketball coach. So he's a legitimate basketball dude and a state championship winning head coach from last year. So done. Great, great suggestion. Sorry I haven't done that. Um, I, will, I will get on it uh, tomorrow after the big appointment today. Uh, what's next? Uh, this next one's from Pete in Glendale. Okay. How did you become a talk show host? Asking for my kid. Oh, okay. Uh, Pete, uh, the simple story is I couldn't hit a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> like, how can I be involved when I can't do it is basically it. So talk show hosts are people, normally people that can't do it or people that once did it and can't do it anymore. That's really what all talk show hosts are. Uh, the key to being a good talk show host, be immature and easily entertained. If you can do those two things, hey, welcome aboard. You want to do a show on WTSM? Come on. You got to sell it yourself. As long as you can sell, you got a show. Now, if you like are really terrible and you're a jerk, well, it'll eventually say go away. But we'll give you a chance to try to stop being a jerk. Um, really, truthfully, I wanted to be a play-by-play guy. I, I, living and growing up in Ohio, the weather's terrible. And I had this thought. Now, let, let, me, let me explain to you baseball play-by-play guy. The baseball play-by-play guy works really, really hard for six months a year but travels around to different cities and gets meal money on the road. Now, at the time, I'm not thinking like a dad and a husband. I'm not thinking, wow, you're away from family, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just thinking, I get to travel for free. I get free meal money on the road. And for six weeks, I'm paid to be in Florida. I'm paid to leave Ohio and be in Florida. I like this. And oh, by the way, I don't really do anything from October to January. Okay. I want to be a baseball play-by-play guy. So that's where my focus was, was baseball play-by-play. But in order to get jobs, you got to be doing something else as you're moving up the ladder. And I started in talk radio. But when I say started, my first job, I'm the arrogant kid out of college that thinks I'm going to walk out into a nice job. I get paid $4.25 an hour, and I'm reading school lunch menus. Today, Alexander High School is going to have pizza, corn, fruit, milk. Boy, that sounds good, kids. Every time I go visit Mama Leone for pizza, she's always got corn as a side dish. I started ripping the lunch menus. And then I started saying, the Athens High School kids, man, look at this spread. Alexander, why don't you start coming over to Athens? Now the Alexander parents are pissed. They're all fired up because I'm ripping their school lunches. And I just do this. I do this for like six weeks. 
I'm just ripping some schools, supporting other schools about their school lunch menus. And then suddenly the boss finds out. The boss never even listened to his own station. He was fired up. He was angry because he did this show for an hour a day called The Party Line. Because I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I guess originally in Athens, Ohio, one phone line connected like a whole street. So you would get on the line and hope nobody else from another house was on the phone. And then it would be your turn if nobody was on it. And then when somebody picked up, he said, hey, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. That, so he called his show The Party Line. And all it was was Rose would call in from Albany. Hi, Dave. I heard we're under a boil order today. I just wish they could get that pipe fixed over there on McAllister. Yeah, and uh, the cats, the cats are ornery today, Dave. They, uh, they've been fighting all morning. Kind of fun to watch. All right. Hope your family's doing well, Dave. Bye. That was for an hour. There would be calls like that for an hour. Somebody called up and ripped me for ripping the school lunch menus and how disrespectful I was and blah, 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 blah. The guy was mad. He told me, if I ever do that again, I'm fired. Guess what happened? They got more phone calls than they ever have to the front office about three days later when I stopped ripping the lunch menus. They go, why? Because then I just went all boring. Pizza, corn, fruit, milk. Athens is having a smorgasbord. You can choose between the Salisbury steak or the pizza, or you can go with the chicken noodle soup. They will also have, and I just, I just monotone just read it. And everybody wondered, what's wrong with Doug? Why isn't Doug funny anymore? And they called, and the owner had to call me into his office. Oh, actually, not an office. He had a trailer. They hooked an actual mobile home to the back of the building because they didn't want to spend the money on expanding the building. And he says, um, I'd like you to show a little respect while you do it, but you can go back and read the menus the way you used to. He didn't say I was wrong or a lot of people called. I just knew what was happening because there's only two, five, there's like five people that work at the company. And then uh, I got to do the lunch menus again and rip everybody. And then the guy that ran Athens lunch menus, the, the Athens cafeteria, got a promotion to Logan. That was big time. And he actually came over with food for me one day to say thank you because he thinks all of their numbers for the cafeteria went up because of me talking about Athens' lunch. By the way, Athens is where Joe Burrow went to high school, if you're wondering. I don't know if you wanted all that, Pete. If you if that if that was if the school lunch menu was even remotely uh, important to you, but that's what happened. So I got into talk radio, became a sports talk show host. And then I had to sell advertising for my own sports talk show when I was in Alabama. I went Ohio to Alabama to Kansas City to Phoenix. Um, And while I was in Alabama, once I started selling advertising, that's when Vienna was born. And then it was like, I can't make $800 a month as a minor league play-by-play guy. I've got to sit here and sell. And life kind of gets in the way. And, you you know, I'd rather be a great dad and a great husband before I'm a great play-by-play guy. So I had to make that choice. and uh, But the dream is still there, admittedly. Um, I, I, I don't want to be the voice of the Cubs. Can't stand the Cubs. I don't really like Dallas, but I would do it. But I, I, don't, want, I don't want the Dodgers job, but I, I admit I would take it. I would sell out. <laughs> I have to admit that to you.
I would never have been the guy that wants to replace Vince Scully, but I could be with the guy that replaces the guy. I have no problem with that. Like John Bloom, look out. Do I want to be the voice of the Suns? Absolutely. Did I want to follow Al McCoy? Heck no. No way. I'll let Bloomer follow him and then I'll try to follow Bloomer. Bloomer, you screw up. I'm in. I'm in. But now, after you, now, how do you, now, Pete, you didn't ask, how do you become a fired talk show host? That's a whole different conversation. One of the things that I didn't get a, a chance to talk about, and you know what, if we've got a second, let's bring in Steve McCollum and bring up a topic that I didn't get a chance to talk about. And Steve, tell me if you're with this. Mel Kuyper, he's the only mock draft I look at because he started everything. Yeah. So when you start it, let's look at it. I know he does talk to GMs, but I also know they lie to him. So, you know, it's... That's it's, what GMs do. Yeah, so it's like, who knows what the truth is. But in his first ever mock draft today, he goes quarterback, 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 Cardinals. Uh-huh. So, and they're all um, potential trades, but with Washington drafting second, it makes sense they go Jaden Daniels. And then the Patriots, it makes sense they start off the career with a new quarterback, and they're going Drake May. So the first spot off the board without a quarterback, he says Cardinals sit there and they take Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Stay down. Do you think? Do you agree? Three quarterbacks, one, two, three. Uh, well, the Jaden Daniels one is my is my hangup, man. It's uh, to me, he's not he's not maybe a lower tier first round. I don't I don't get the hype with him, his build, uh, his arm strength, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. He doesn't throw it like Caleb Williams and uh, May do. So that I, I kind of struggle with that. But a uh, you know how teams overreach for quarterbacks. But in terms of the Cardinals, no trade down out of that spot, one hundred percent get draft picks. Because uh, if the three quarterbacks go, you're going to have people clamoring of themselves for Marvin Harrison Jr. or whoever the next quarterback in line is uh, right on top of it. So that's what I would do. That's the, that's the huge point, I think, if you're a Cardinals fan. What Steve just said is, I bet the debate is J.J. McCarthy, Michigan, Bo Nix, Oregon mm-hmm. as who's quarterback four. And no one's arguing they get picked at number four. No. So then the question becomes, will anybody else – make a move for a for a non-quarterback at one two three it's not very often we talk about making a trade to get ahead of the cardinals who any team that don't want that doesn't want a quarterback so therefore if you just assume it's going to be one two three quarterback there's no way it's quarterback at the number four spot so then i don't think there's a lot of leverage to trade down unless the cardinals are saying this uh over harrison so we'll trade get picks and we'll get a receiver later yeah i mean uh marvin harrison jr is being highly regarded as the next quote-unquote larry fitzgerald right Mm -hmm. and um he he can be a game-changing receiver no doubt about it but look I, i think we've shown time and time again number one receivers that big generally like uh, do the 49ers have a one of the all-time greats at receivers mm-hmm. no I mean Ayuk's really good right but not a, not an all-time great right uh, do the Ravens have an all-time great at receiver no mm-hmm. right uh, pretty standard receivers for them I mean go through the teams here in the final four but even go Buffalo Diggs is probably their best receiver and he's not an all-time great so Chiefs are doing it without an all-time great receiver my argument is is uh, an all-time great receiver doesn't put you over the top and don't take that chance and like you said either your pick that you love uh, but I'm all for defense so trade down That's true the too. other thing Absolutely. is is with that Jaden Daniels question I'm not sold that somebody's not trading out of that pick because they 
they don't want Jaden Daniels, uh, you know, in that position. Uh, to me, Caleb Williams is a no-brainer if you need a QB. Drake Mays a no-brainer if you need a QB. That Jaden Daniels, to me, is iffy. I wouldn't be shocked if somebody does make a trade out of that. I love the conversation of whether or not Daniels is worth it. I would disagree with the conversation if it's will he be taken that early because if you're drafting Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, (laughs) Blaine Gabberts, somebody loves themselves from Jaden Daniels. But there's been plenty of people that said stand on the table for so-and-so quarterback and that guy's not a quarterback. And number two, uh, number two or number three to me, it's a stretch and good luck to you. I think that's fair. Look, make him play right off the bat as a rookie. Uh, You know, he's going to struggle but he can play. Caleb Williams can play as a rookie right off the bat. Jaden Daniels, really, you think he's going to step in and have success and uh, be successful? To me, he's more of a Trey Lance in terms of oh, yeah. he, he needs some time to grow uh, in a right system before he plays. And to take a guy number two or number three in this environment with the rookie's weight scale yeah. and have him sit for two to three years, you're not doing that. And I just don't see him as that guy. So I think to me, that's the question mark. And that could ruffle up the, the Cardinals at four. Yeah, I th- for me, I think Jaden Daniels is a little on the skinny side. He's I'm a way li- too small. I'm a little worried about his health. Yeah. If you are Drew Brees with an uncanny ability to read the game yeah. and you can get the ball out so quick, or Russell Wilson, he didn't read the whole field like all five receivers, but he could read one, two, and go yes. and keep himself healthy. I, I, I think too often we assume small quarterbacks are going to be fine because other small quarterbacks were fine. Now, Jaden isn't small height-wise, no, yeah. but, but he's skinny- He's, yeah, I just I, I kind of see him. He, he took some about big hits at LSU this year. I mean, it was almost weekly where we were having did Jaden Daniels die on Saturday, <laughs> you know, plays, and we were showing the play calls because he got lit up yeah. by big guy. Now we always got up, but you know that's fine. Uh, eventually, you don't get up, right? And then you're you're mm-hmm. you know you start to think twice about it. But um, I think that that third quarterback pick, if somebody moves up into it, or what the Bears do, is going to be the dictation on yep. what the Cardinals do. Because if somebody moves up and alters this draft, I think they're going to have to pick at that four spot because like you said, nobody will move up. Uh, but I think uh, I think some team out there is under the illusion that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the one guy that's going to put him over the top. And uh, you don't need a great receiver to make it, man. Look at look at the teams this weekend. I, I love this debate. And I don't mean you and I are having one. I mean yeah. the world. Yeah. And here's why. How dumb are you if you pass on Larry Fitzgerald as the third pick in the draft and what that meant? However... What did the Cardinals do with Larry Fitzgerald? I can't deny that. (laughs) That's my point. That is my argument. That's not a bad bad point. (laughs) However, I think... And this is off the top of my head, so give me a little room. I think Justin Jefferson was 16 or 18. And what have the the Vikings done with Justin Jefferson? Debo Samuel was, I think... 38th, yeah. 40th maybe, yeah. something like that. So even if you say, go get the receiver, this is a draft where there's a ton of them. Yeah. So unless you are, unless you know Marvin Harrison is so elite, he's a definite Hall of Famer, he's the best player yeah. on the board even. and ultimate. But even then, even then, it might not be worth it. Yeah, yeah. You know, even if, even if you project ahead and Marvin Harrison has a fantastic career, first ballot Hall of Famer, he's Jerry Rice-esque, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, how many Super Bowls are you getting out of that? How are you improving the rest of your team with them on there? Uh, it's a legit question mark. The receiving core, uh, to me, is is you need them, don't get me wrong, 
but you don't need those. It's like a running back position. You can right. fill in guys uh, that are good, really, really good, like an Ayuk, for instance, and those types of guys, and have success. Yep. It's the rest of the team you need to have them a success. Most importantly, the quarterback. It's funny you bring up running backs because I am one of those people that say – don't draft a running back in the first round because the, the the track history of great running backs later and and the fact that running backs don't last that long mm-hmm. i think proved me right however all throughout this playoff run the guy that was standing on the table the most in the public's eye for Jameer Gibbs was Todd McShay. Yes. Now he's the fired ESPN draft <laughs> expert. And man, does he send out a lot of tweets every time Gibbs is carrying the ball and looking great but, for but the Lions. what's the longevity of Gibbs Don't is know. the question. You're right. right. So You're right. To me, I think of running back in the first round, if he's more Christian McCaffrey-like, meaning he'll run the ball hard up the middle, he'll get those open things, but he also is a threat in the passing game. Great point. Uh, that's how I would take somebody in the first round because worst case the running game sucks you just flare him outside yeah. give him the ball in open space uh, Gibbs is one of those guys but is he going to do that in year two year three year four that's the question mark well I have one more question and I don't think you can answer it in three seconds <laughs> so first let's get let's get off this schneid I'm now on it's time for versus Vegas versus versus but before I get to it Steve What's coming up on the main event today? Uh, lots of NHL talk. Man, Coyote did something last night that's never been done before. Uh, actually, let me rephrase that. Pittsburgh did something that the Coyotes got rewarded for uh, that's never been done in, in NHL before. Uh, and, of course, heavy Arizona, man. Uh, uh, you know, if we went to a live look on uh, the Arizona program after winning uh, the Arizona school, after winning 10 games, holy crap, it would be a dumpster fire. Yeah, that's true. And it's not going to get any better, of course. Uh, lots of NBA talk today, as well as uh, looking forward to this weekend. Uh, did you see FIFA uh, is announcing uh, for racist taunts possible forfeitures I coming up in the World that. Cup? Uh, we're going to bring that up and talk about that. I think it's a little harsh, but something to talk about. Not that we have a race problem in terms of fans calling you know football players and stuff like that, but should the teams be forfeit because of fan misconduct? Interesting conversation. Hey, I know the SEC well enough to know that if that was the case. Auburn fans would show up in Alabama jerseys to the Iron Bowl yes. and start saying racist yes. things. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, even Texas fans will start throwing horns down and watching their coach cry, right? <laughs> exactly. Sticking them suspended. Have a good show. See ya. Have fun. Steve McCollum, the main event. Dale Hellestrade coming up 8 to 10. Izzy on Sports, iOS coming up 10 to noon. Only station in the state of Arizona that gives you six hours of local television sports programming is WTSMTV.com. No, I did not see that. And uh, what he's talking about with the Coyotes, you've got to see it. It was, it was like, wait, what? What? What just happened? That was funny. Um, anyway, so the, the, the heater went to 18-2-1. 18-2-1. I'm dominating January. Now, how many times have you heard in the NBA, finish strong, finish the quarter strong? I am not finishing the month strong. I'm getting a little worried now. I'm getting a little worried. 0-2, then 2-4, and and last night, 1-3. Dallas, plus three against the Celtics. It was rarely within three points. Boston wins 119-110. Vegas on the money line. I got this. Vegas on the money line. Here we go. In New Jersey, taking on the Devils. They got the lead. 
5-4. Actually, 5-3 to make it even worse. They're up 5-3. They give up two goals in the third to tie it and give up the overtime goal. Come on! Come on, Knights! Oh, did that hurt. I got UNC right. I told you I thought Wake Forest has a good record, but they're overrated. I took UNC minus seven and a half. Tar Heels won by 21, so I crushed that one. But it didn't help me out at all with KU. It was not a backdoor cover. Cincinnati just kept it close the whole game. KU won 74-60. I can't remember whether it's 74-67 or 74-69. I can't read my own writing. But either way, they won and did not cover. So I go one and three on the day, and that just that just stinks. I'm, I'm irritable about that one totally. All right. We got to get off the schneid a little bit here. We got to get back at it. And, be, and, and being able to, to do something strong. And let me see the game that I liked, because I remember looking, and I only have uh, one game today. And there it is. I've, the only game that I like today, there, are, there aren't my normal stable of back-to-backs, because I love back-to-backs. Um, there's one back-to-back that the Vegas Golden Knights are taking on the Islanders today, but I don't I, – I think the Golden Knights will be upset enough at the way they performed and fell apart, and it's all New York. Even though they got three games in four nights, it's New Jersey and the Islanders back-to-back, off day, and then at Madison Square Garden. I like back-to-backs to, root it, to vote against that guy, to bet against that team because of the travel. A little bit of the wear and tear, but mostly because of the travel. To play a game and travel and play, that's tough. Well, you're staying in the same hotel. You're just driving down to Uniondale, that's nothing. So I, I don't like uh, Vegas in that one. The games that uh, that I like today are I like Minnesota Wild. I like the Wild on the money line. I'm taking it's bad juice minus 155, but I don't know if they're going to get all the way above and be able to win and cover the puck line. So I'm going Wild on the money line, and I'm going Edmonton to cover uh, the the puck line at minus 155. So those are my two games. I don't like anything NBA, and I didn't like anything college. So I got two NHL games for you today, going with both favorites, both home teams, and one of them I'm not even covering the, uh, trying to cover the spread with. But hey, we just got to get back on track. We just got to get some wins. Got to get some wins. Got to get everybody going again. We got to get the locker room pulling in the same direction again. Sorry about my stretch here, Mikey. Here we go. Here we go. Still up about 12 units, however, in the month of January, so... At least you can love me for that. That does it for today's version of Duckfront's Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse, Pla- uh, Wild Horse Pass. Two big events coming up. Please remember them and try to figure out a way to be a part of it as we will have the website unplugged at whirlwind.com up to date and ready to go very soon. First one coming up is February 3rd. I'll be at the Burrito Express, the new one, Kyrene at noon. Because I'm getting to it late to tell you about it, I'm not going to make that sanction so you can keep your status by not going. But that's exactly why we have sanctioned events. So please, 
This is for Angel, the number two ever advertiser on Doug Franz Unplugged. I need you, Unplugged Army. Come celebrate with us the, the opening of a new location. So I'll be there Saturday, February 3rd at noon. And then February 23rd, our sanctioned event, Unplugged Army event, in which you get inexpensive golf at a legendary course. We'll be out at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Please be a part of the event on February 23rd. Lunch, uh, you know, I'll be there to eat lunch. We got golf at noon. Then we got happy hour afterwards, so please be a part of it. Parker & Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical, proud sponsor of Doug Franz Unplugged. Call 6022-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. The first ever sponsor is Bell's National Kitchen, home of the legendary Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich, and my favorite salad in town, which is the Nashville Hot Chicken Iceberg Wedge, Rosati's official sports bar, Ray and McQueen in Chandler, and little free plug there for 100 mile brewing company because i think they're coming back this week and i'm excited about it i miss the turkey club and the a mountain amber ale the main event is up next you have got to see what the penguins did last night at the bowling it's still funny even thinking about it jeff weir production thanks for all your work hey wish me luck today at my meeting i'll see you tomorrow